Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Welcome to the Diversity Remix, busting the echo chambers of culture, politics, and business. I'm Charlie Echeverry. And I'm Jesus Chavez. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you and yours had a peaceful and prosperous break. As we kick off, believe it or not, our third calendar year of TDR, we did in fact start this show in 2020, we wanted to bring you a special prediction episode for 2022. So we studied up, analyzed trends, read a bunch of articles, and just surveyed our hunches to give you our very best thinking about what this new year will bring. So stay tuned for three predictions each from Jesus and I, covering topics of culture, politics, business, and maybe even a couple other categories. Do you agree with our prognostications? Are we spot on or hopelessly deluded? You decide. Welcome to 2022, and welcome back to TDR. Beautiful. 2022. 2022, Charlie. It's crazy. How do we get here? That number doesn't sound right to me. It when doesn't I, sound right. It doesn't wrong. Dude, I remember Y2K. I remember, like, yeah. you know, when I first I got too. to California, yeah. my wife the other day was just like, that was 22 years ago. Y2K. Remember that? Remember what we were, were the most worried about? What was it? The... The computer's not working, the computer's or, not or working, yeah. the plane's fla- like falling out of the sky. Right, right. That was our biggest concern then. Because everybody was like, planes are all computers. They're not going to be able to fly. It's going to be right. terrible. Right, 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 right. Because the count, right, on the, on the, on the number using two digits? Yep, exactly. It's going to restart it. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, nothing happened. But, you know, they, they did say that they spent like a year or whatever it was when they figured out the bug trying to patch all these things. So who yeah. knows what would have happened otherwise? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there was, I'm sure there was uh, some stuff would have would have broken. I'm sure. Right, 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 right. So we thought we'd do a kind of a prediction, prognostication, forecast, estimate show on mm-hmm. 2022. Yeah. Did Did you? Um, I know I asked you, and I know you're not a fan, but did you rethink your resolutions for the year? Do you have any resolution? Uh, yeah, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't have any resolutions for the year. Um, I, I tend to, um, you know, for me, when I've ever had, I have done resolutions, I tend to do them before the year starts. Okay. Like the December or like just in the year? Yeah. Let, let, let's say, cause I remember one year in particular, I, I wanted to get a little bit better back in shape, you know? And, um, it was like, I was, I was thinking about the new year and it was like November, December. I'm like, okay, well, why am I waiting a month? Like, sure, start now. And so th- whenever I have done those, they tend to already kind of start before the end of the year. But is, the, the, but is year. the reason that you start thinking about getting in shape also driven by the fact that there's a new year coming? In yeah, other yeah, words, yeah. like, so, why are you so, thinking of it in right, November? Right, right, yeah. right, exactly. So maybe driven by by a new year coming up, but whenever it kind of gets in my head, I, I don't want to wait. I have two. Okay. Did I tell you my two? No. They're life-altering. I mean, these things are massive. Okay, for me. They might sound stupid, but for me. One Uh of them is mobile device only for utility, not for entertainment. Oh, that's a big one. Because I've done the thing in the past where you take social off or whatever it is, but I realized that that actually didn't get to the heart of what the issue is. The issue isn't Facebook. For me, the issue isn't Instagram. I can use Facebook and Instagram and other things with the exception of obviously TikTok and stuff like that right. on desktop, right? I can do that. It's the fact that I use it as a way to fill in the gaps. And the right. thing of it is, is all it does is is um, is uh, succeed in just distracting me mm-hmm. and separating me from the opportunity of meeting somebody, talking to somebody new. Like sure. you're just in your little bubble. 
So I, I, I said, I'm going to use my device only for utility, not for entertainment. That's the way I did it. So if it's entertainment, I don't do it on that phone. And whatever mm-hmm. that is. So I had to get rid of my poker game. I had to get rid of, like, um, obviously all the social stuff. But YouTube, huge one. That's sure. entertainment. I, I use YouTube a lot on my phone. You know what I mean? I still yeah. use YouTube. That's my point. I still use YouTube, but I use right. it only desktop. And then what it's done is it's relegated those times to my work hours, which by virtue of me working are a lot less. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And then the second one, which is even significantly bigger for me, I don't know if I'll be able to have the stamina for this one, but the second one is I am only, I'm trying to do um, like projects one at a time, like linear Mm-hmm. Kind of like you, I'm uh, I'm inspired by you, and I don't even know if you realize this about yourself, but you are very dogged about finishing one thing. Mm. Like you put your head down, you think you're so? Like, I think so. I don't feel like it, but okay. I think like you'll go. I'm going to work on this for the next three hours, and you actually do that. And I think <sighs> you actually do. Like you, what, yeah. you know what you told me about the bus in Mexico. You're on the trip, and you're like, I just spent three hours putting together this thing that we needed to do for a client. Right. I would have never done that. I would have thought about doing that. And then I would have like looked out the window, I would have played a game, I would have talked to somebody and I would have never got it done. Yeah. Then I would have crammed it at 2 a.m. Like that's what I would have done. <laughs> so I'm actually yeah, trying yeah, to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And so far this week, this is my first week back, but okay. so far I've literally, if I start with a project and I have my list, mm-hmm. I don't do something else until that is done. I've literally the, never the done that. The whole multitasking thing, you know, everyone loves to claim to be great multitaskers, but it, it does take away a lot from presence right from being being present in whatever you're doing whether it's with a person whether it's on a project whether it's whatever you're working on is having like full attention right um and i think it's really valuable like you know i I think i shared this with you but a long time ago in our previous career we were at our our time at univision i remember mentioned to you like one of the general managers that i interacted with Initially, I was super impressed how quickly this guy would always respond to any email. Any email that I would send out at the time, I was working for the preservative group. So I would send a lot of the emails to all the general managers, right? And this guy, by default, would always, within seconds, bam, whatever the response was, was so good, right? Even if it's like, hey, let me get back to you, whatever, right? right? Even if I don't have the answer, let me get back to you. Right. And I was, like, very impressed with him until I spent time with him in person. Then I realized why he was so good at email. Oh, because yeah. So he I was, forgot this part of the story. Because yeah. he was constantly on his phone. He was never paying attention to anything. Responding to email. And he would be like, oh, yep, yep, sure, yep. And they're not even looking at you and just typing out, cranking out an email, multitasking. But what he wasn't doing is being present in the conversation. And it, it always felt so disrespectful. It felt like you're just not that. Whatever's happening in your phone is way more important than whatever we're talking about. Yeah, I, I t- and I told you, I think after you mentioned this to me, the original time, my story about going out to dinner with this like kind of high, high-powered kind of CRO type yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just me and him, just me and him. And he had his phone under the table looking at it and texting the entire dinner. And I, I can see that in a, in a table with like 12 people. Right. You know what I mean? Where you're like, hey, I'm just trying to like kind of get something done. I'm in between different... Co- but I'm the only other conversation right. you can be having. Right, right, right. And it just seems so strange to me. It, yeah. So, so look, I think to the degree that you can do that, it definitely is super valuable in terms of having, pre- you know, just being present in whatever you're doing. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm great at that, but I do, I do try to, I, at least I've tried in the past to be more, much, much more intentional about that of saying like, if I'm talking to someone, talk to that person. Yeah. Right, and if you're doing something else, do something else. But it, it's hard because, look, I'm the first one to admit, like I'm, I can be very ADD very quickly. Like, and I also have that moment where you, you, you're really good at seeing when that, when it happens to me. <laughs> like, I'll focus on a conversation until oh, I'm no longer yeah, focused. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I know. I'm already done. Like, we yeah, already covered what we needed to cover, yeah. and now we're just, and I'm already moved on to the next. But that's thing. actually different than what I'm saying. You do well because I agree with you that there's a moment where you're no longer into that thing and you go off to the next thing. But what you do do well is. The one thing. Right. I'm not saying you do it forever. Right. But the moment, yeah. 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 I'm saying like if you say, hey, can you work on this, whatever it is, I'll do that. But I'm doing five other things and I'll read a news article. Any text that comes in, I immediately do that. Right, right, right. And I've I've like ignored things and just did that. So The the hardest thing, yeah, that's a tough one, man. I I think the first one, your first one about um, using your phone for utility I think there's a lot of value to that. My struggle with doing that, the reason why I probably wouldn't do that is that I am a big fan of like be not an expert, but be engaged in whatever it is that you do in the sense that if you're going to be, so as an example, when I was running vertical networks, I was on Snapchat every single day. I looked at every single piece of our content, every single one. 
I looked at other people's content. Like, if you're going to be in that space, like, know the space and be involved. And sometimes by default, because of the, the kind of work that we're involved in, it kind of forces us to have to be more. Now, the reality is it crosses the lines like now it's just pure entertainment. And you, I go into that mode. I've gone plenty of times into the TikTok. Black hole. Black hole. Although recently I've done it less, which is good. Yeah. But, but uh, but I've done plenty of that as well, right? Yeah. So, but that's a that's a tough one, man. That's a really hard one. I commend you for those. Two. It is. Those well, I'm gonna are, try. Those we'll are hard. We'll check those are in. Hard. We'll check in a few months into the year and see how I'm doing. Yeah, I, do, I, I gotta I, give I, some more thought then. Yeah, I feel like I'm now. Now I feel like I'm being a little dismissive about the whole idea. And maybe there's something like that to your point. Something that I've been thinking about, and this becomes a great time to you know put some of these things into, into effect people are energized people are thinking about positive things i yeah. think they're generally optimistic although we're going to look at some predictions and maybe some of them might right. not be <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i think the theme of work-life balance has come up more um look i think one thing that i, I you know as a matter of fact i probably would say i do have one because you know, I, mean, I was talking about it over the break is that you know i've uh historically have put myself last when it comes Ooh. to um like taking a pause, right? It's like always about everyone else, and I tend to be like very much focused on that. You know, I mentioned like I just came back from a like my first role vacation in over two years. Um, now, pandemic had a lot to do with it, but even without you, you put the pandemic aside. Like I'm rarely like it won't come for me to go on vacation. It would right. be like if someone else wants to go, if you know for the family, I'll do that first, and then you know even put my own ease. And and going even going to I was in Mexico, but. The fact that I was like, hey, I'm going to go to my parents' hometown, but I'm not just going to stay there. I'm going to do something that I want to do. Like, even that is not typical for me at all. Was it – did you – by doing this, did you – were you impressed by people's response? Was it in keeping with what you expected? Were people, like, going, like, how dare you? Or people well, saying, like, my, yeah, great. Yeah, my parents, great. They were like, yeah, that's fine. Like, no no problem at all. A family in general, because, like, you know, so just to give people context – uh, my, my my parents are, or my dad specifically is from this small town in the state of Michoacan, and this is the kind of thing that I actually I lived there for five years. And after we you know you know we're back in the in the U.S. and whenever we go to Mexico, it's like we always go to this little small town and just spend a lot of time there. So the idea of not of going somewhere else beyond or besides going to this and being spending time with family was like almost like kind of foreign, right? So every vacation we would go, we just spend time there. But obviously, as it got older, it's like right. so it's a little small town, which is great for my parents, but for me, it was like kind of you know over pretty quickly. And I haven't been there in six years. So being there six like haven't been six years, and then only going for like I was only there for like two and a half days. Yeah, I definitely got a lot of looks from from. <laughs> so right. I'm like, wait a minute, it was yeah, aren't you here years. to see us? Yeah, like, well, yeah, I saw you. Right. <laughs> What's up? Hi. Bye. But yeah, I think so. I think if there is one thing that I've, I've, I'm thinking about go. more is being more intentional about actually taking the time for myself on the yeah. things that I want to do. Like almost like that, you know, people think of it in the context of of uh, like mental wellness. And a lot of it is just about being more self-care. conscious. Self-care. Self-care is, is a better way to describe it for what, mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm talking about. And I haven't done that. Uh, I've been pretty bad at that. Okay. Well, that's uh, a good so that, one. That's so it doesn't me, just so, apply to travel then. It's, it's broader than yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. broader than that. I think yeah. it's going to be much more intentional about putting myself higher on the list than at the very, very bottom, which nice. tends to be my in order of prioritization. Well, I think you deserve that. And I think people, you know, we do have to, you know, that kind of care and everything begins mm-hmm. at home. And right. so you got to look and see how you're doing and you sure. can give the best of yourself to others. I mean, that's, there's... There's a quality that's actually um, very community based around that. Like if you're if you're good if you're good for yourself, then you're better able to give what you have to somebody else. If you don't have anything to give, when you're just not very you know not right. very good for somebody else, right, right, right. So that's, that's good. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's one. Well, there you go. Well, that's all we need is one to start off the show. So I, I mean, we've never done this before. How did you want to you know tackle this? Do you want to just kind of go back and forth with our? I have a number of predictions that I feel excited about, and I've I've got a couple honorable mentions. I don't know if we'll get to any of these or yeah. all of these, but but how do you want to start? Uh, why don't we just go back and forth in Let's terms of what are some of the what are some of the predictions? I kind of had it like in the top three, but then I realized that my top three had like sub bullet points, so that it becomes one of those, you know, other, very much my fashion. The other thing I thought about is like, well, what happens if he has like two of my three? Then I'm screwed. I have to go to my. Well, own. that's yeah, why I'm happy I've got okay. honorable mentions. Well, yeah, th- go ahead. We'll, we'll you go do first. Top three, and and we'll kind of go from there. We have we can add on. Look, so I kind of put mine in buckets. Okay, right? my first one, which I um. You know, been thinking about is and from the technology sector. Okay, what's a trend that I think is going to be a big deal, a bigger deal in 2022? And 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 I think you know one of those is going to be the continued rise of the digital economy. Okay, and I think specifically NFTs will play a much much larger role. 
they're already getting a lot of traction. They're already there's a lot of movement around it. You can sort of you can think about it at a, at a broader base, like metaverse, etc. But I think specifically the the idea of digital currency or a digital economy, not just mm-hmm. currency. I think I think digital currency was 2021, 2020, like previous years, right? Crypto, etc. You saw the the rise of Dogecoin and other other types yeah. of currency, and you'll see more. But it's not just about currency anymore. I think actual ownership and transacting on digital assets. I think it's a really interesting idea that I just really foresee that being a much much bigger thing, right? And I think that'll that'll impact collectibles. It'll yeah. impact fandom. It'll impact actual investments, right? Not thinking about digital assets as actually as actual investments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to lead to a whole other set of of other kind of businesses being built out, right? Uh, I have a buddy of mine who told me recently. He's like, "Look, the whole and I don't know where the overlap is between these things because we've said crypto, we've said NFTs, mm-hmm. we've said digital economy, we've said metaverse, and on some level, all those things have some. They're t- all related. They're yeah, all yeah. related. But he told me specifically about Bitcoin. Um, he, he said it, it to him. To him, it's 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 as big as the internet. Yeah, relative to its impact on humanity or its potential impact on humanity. Right. So I don't know enough about it. I yeah, just, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I know enough about it either. Um, but I, but I do agree with that. Look, mm. if you think about it in the context of currency, you know, if there was any doubt that that uh, cryptocurrency is real and it's going to be real, I, I think at this point you got to say, hey, I may not fully understand it yet. I may not believe that there will be other currencies beyond the the the, 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 the main ones like Bitcoin and you know, there's a couple of them that are much more established that maybe will be successful. But to say that cryptocurrency as a whole is not a real thing. It will be a real thing going forward. I just think you're kind of kidding yourself. Well, they're forecasting that's going to hit 100. That Bitcoin is going to hit 100,000 yeah. in by June or July. Now, the question to me is going to be what are all what about all the other currencies? Sure. That are, I, I just saw a really funny article which actually had dropped it into one of our queue of one to consider was around a new uh, uh, cryptocurrency that was coming out on the idea of, of uh, let's go Brandon, right? Oh, wow. That they were trying to basically be the sponsor <laughs> of the driver, Brandon, whatever the guy's name, Brandon, whatever, right? I don't know yeah. That um, guy can't get any sponsorships, and, by the way. Well, it, it, well whole he, he side... got that one. It was like a bunch of money, right? And they yeah. were going to put, the, uh, I guess, LGB coin. I think that's what it's called, LGB coin, right? Uh-huh. And they wanted to be the main sponsor. NASCAR finally shut it down. It, it, it's not like initially they said yes, and then they were getting Interesting. Heat. But but anyways, um, like all those newer it, cur- yeah. currencies, I have a hard time with those unless there's like a real value behind it, right? Not to say that I don't believe in crypto. I think crypto is cryptocurrency as a mechanism for currency. I think makes sense. Now, which of those will be successful? Successful, and, yeah. that, but be, you could think of it the same way. It's like, hey, just like, I believe that. Like our traditional currency makes sense. Doesn't mean that I believe that the, the dollar versus another currency right. of another world is going to you know equal is the same thing. No, but that right? makes but it makes a move like uh, this. Uh, the president of what was it, El Salvador? El Salvador. That's right. Yeah, moving the whole currency to Bitcoin. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, if this thing does go to a hundred thousand. Like suddenly you're not a developing nation anymore. It was it was like funny. think so, about the think about the yeah. size of that movement. So like, I was, I'm no longer a developing nation. <laughs> That's I think that's a really, we talked about them right. That's a really smart is, move. I was yeah. just um, uh, on vacation. My friend Michelle, she's a Salvadorian. She was telling me that she was there with some uh, that she actually took friends of hers to El Salvador that are really into crypto because they wanted to see it like in real life. Yeah. And think about that. It's like we we actually talked about that. That you're gonna probably see investment. You're gonna see people it's exactly into the happened. country. Well, he's building a whole city there. And now you're the so, dude is building a city, the first crypto uh, Bitcoin city is what he calls it. Super super smart. What was it? Chivo, I think what it's called. I forget. Uh, yeah, Chivo. Yeah, yeah Chivo, Chivo, right? Yeah. Well, that's the well, wallet. Chivo? The wallet is Chi- Chivo or Chiva. I don't know, something like that. Something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but um, super super smart. So okay. I, so I think is yeah, but I think the one that I'm that I'm. That I really think is going to be mm-hmm. like really big, at least uh, as a focus, is NFT specifically. Okay, the idea of of ownership of digital assets. I don't disagree. Which is different than the the currency is like yeah. a mechanism too, because many of those NFTs are owned through through crypto. Uh, crypto becomes a currency they use to actually acquire digital assets. But I think the digital assets and think about it as a way to finance content, finance technology. Now, if you're building out a tech set, now if you're building out a game. Can you use instead of of doing some kind of crowdsourcing? Can you actually sell pieces of your uh, of your content of your technology to end yeah, consumers as yeah. part of as part of an NFT? I think that becomes super I interesting. A, I have a, another buddy who I, I recently had on, on on my other podcast who um, it has a, a a tech real estate startup that's focused on basically fractional ownership of major historical sites. 
Like he's. I've he's seen other bought. startups around, around fractional ownership, um, but just a fractional ownership of investment properties. I right. saw, I saw one, but, it, but this is like historical property. So he That's bought great. like this huge, like Vic, I don't know, Victorian or something hotel somewhere, and like people own. Like I own some portion of that, and there's a real estate value increases. You know, I think it's super smart. I mean, especially if you think about real estate and how expensive it has all become. You know, having that more, you know, using the power of the crowd to be able to have ownership and investment. I also think it's a great way to share or to let a broader set of the community participate in wealth building. Yeah. Right? That that maybe individually couldn't do it, right? Couldn't get involved. I think that's really cool. One question I have for you about this, I don't disagree with your prognostication. I think it's dead on. Do you give a neutral, positive, or negative impact on this evolution of digital currency on society? Is this a net neutral negative or positive does it make things better oh, in the yeah, world yeah, yeah. i think i think this one <clears throat> anything could be negative of course but i think this is a positive one a net positive and the reason for that is because uh especially when you think about the idea of, of people being able to better track monetization around digital assets which a lot of people are creating digital assets and then the reality is there's so much you know trademark infringement it's so much easy unless you're talking about certain platforms that are really good at youtube is pretty good about that facebook has gotten better but so much of the digital asset you create something else and someone rips it you know rips mm-hmm. it off three four times and to the artists to the people that are creating to the content creators to people that are creating things i think is a really good thing to be able to monetize their digital assets mm-hmm. better and be able to have a system that actually allows for it to be tracked. Now, the what you doing with it? The, yeah, what, who of knows? course, that's a whole bunch. You could yeah. you could you know do a lot of bad things with it if you want to. I right? like the idea that all this stuff seems to democratize access to capital. I like the idea that it can do like what it might do in, in El Salvador, and otherwise, what might pol- from a policy standpoint take decades, a century. Who knows? I saw some data. Charlie, I like all of that on the crypto side or cryptocurrencies and how much uh, African American audiences were over indexing in ownership of cryptocurrency. Now, yeah. that's good and bad, right? Like. It's good if, if those become good investments. It's bad if, if you know, people are obviously If it becomes getting, like a lottery ticket or something. Right. Then yeah. that's obviously not great. But, but I like those aspects. But I like the, the part that I, The higher For sure. That's, that's what good. I mean. But the, the, the stuff that I, I, I just – I question is whether or not, you know, this orients us to a kind of thinking about, you know, kind of if – it, if it exacerbates this get-rich-quick kind of idea, right? Right. And how much of it is in that? And I guess that's pervasive in every kind of movement. It was in the internet. It was in real estate. It was in other things, the gold rush, all that. But I think in that kind of idea of I like digital currencies or Bitcoin or crypto or metaverse because it's an avenue for me to just get crazy stupid rich. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's good for the world. So maybe I'm overall a little bit less bullish than you, but I wouldn't put it negative. I would say maybe it's a net neutral. But I do like some of the democratic aspects of what it does yeah, or seems to do. Yeah. All right, so that's a good one. I think if you can take some of that wealth building um, modalities out of the banks, mm-hmm. out of the, the people that have traditionally have held the power, I, I think the net result that is a positive thing. Nice. Okay, cool. So that's one. That's one. You want to hear one of mine? Sure. Okay, so th- this isn't a like definitive thing that happens on a definitive day. I just think it's the advancement of a trend that continues to accelerate mm-hmm. in 2022, similar to what you said. So I think that there is a trend of a trend of two Americas continuing to emerge around COVID. Mm. That's what I think. I think you've got, and maybe it's on an urban-rural brink, mm-hmm. or maybe it's on a blue state, red state. But I think it's more urban-rural, to be honest. I think it could actually happen Probably. in the same states. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with and that. I, and I see this, um, you know, protocols, masks, uh, vaccine mandates, showing proof of ID. I think those things, uh, 2022 gives us a sense that they might continue indefinitely, even after you get to, say, 90 or 100% vaccination rates. And I think the, the emphasis on cases continues to dominate the news cycle in these areas mm-hmm. rather than, you know, mortality, right. hospita- uh, hospitals. We literally are, are in that case right now. Like we're at all time having cases, but actually lower deaths than we've had. Correct, and I, and I think that continues to dominate. I right. think in maybe in rural environments, you've got a very very different, maybe even in the same states, but a very different thing. You know, no 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 masks, no mandates, that kind of thing. And I think what this implicates over time is this kind of very clear, maybe more clear than ever, kind of rural urban divide mm-hmm. that I don't think. I think that's a net negative over time in terms of culture, partisanship. You know, it's, um, 
I'm sorry, let, let, finish with that. I, I definitely have thoughts on that, what you're saying. And I think that it also accelerates a lot of things, you know, uh, a, a lot of the things happening in urban environments, people leaving urban environments, you know, skyrocketing real estate in places like Colorado and Florida and Utah and stuff like that. So I think there's implications downstream to either of these things. But the point that I'm saying is, I think a lot of the things that we're seeing in places like LA, you know, those like lucite dividers, people wearing masks just because, even if they get lit, I think a lot of those things kind of like stick. And I think it, you start seeing that separation right. between urban and rural. And I think that magnifies in this in this year. Uh, you definitely, I, I agree with you. I think the urban and rural, you'll see a big distinction. But you know, one thing I'm, I've been thinking about in this last few weeks, especially around COVID, is that. And maybe it's all related to this latest, l- latest. I mean, I don't know if it's the latest anymore. So I'm sure by now we've had you know ten more variants that have come up. But at least the one that's that's out of the headline, the Omicron, Omicron uh, variant, is that. And I'm, you and I have seen it just from people that we know. There's so many people that have gotten it recently. Totally. So I don't know. Like I don't know anybody who hasn't had it. I think it, there, at this point, besides it's, me, it's, it's so. Um, yeah, some people are, are getting are getting sick from it mm-hmm. uh, and you have a, obviously when you look at the actual people being hospitalized and death rates it continues to decrease for a whole set of reasons for people being vaccinated to better to better ways to treat it all all the reasons right maybe this variant itself being a little bit less you know deadly as some of the previous versions of this I, I actually think that with all of this happening that you're gonna you may lose some steam in the people that have been so paranoid of ever getting it going going back to well if it's two masks why not three why not four why not five we were at the moment I think for a long time where it, it was the answer was always well maybe just one more mask maybe just one more and i think once we get past this moment this holiday season and the and same thing happened last year through and it spiked up this, this latest spike i actually think you're gonna start seeing the opposite effect mm. you start going from the okay maybe you don't really need three masks maybe maybe it's okay with just two or maybe it's not just two. Maybe it's okay with just one. And you'll start seeing people sort of see the opposite because now so many people have now gotten it. And and sad to say, but a lot of people that were at most risk early on got in, and a number of them didn't make it. Let's just be honest about that. Before they had a lot of the, the you know, the ways to treat it, et cetera. Sure. That I think the more people get it, the more people get it and come out okay in the other end, all of a sudden people are like, huh, it's still dangerous and it's still a big deal, but maybe... We don't have to think about this as an end of world kind of, you know, pandemic. Yeah. And maybe we can start pulling that a Thank little bit God. further back. I actually think that's this has the opportunity of having that with still having mm-hmm. the, some of the things that you're talking about. I still think there there are definitely new normal things. There are new normal things yeah. on big cities that you're just look in Mexico right now. You walk into any place, you're they're not asking whether or not you want to you want you want to put on some uh, hand sanitizer. It's put it on. And then I'm gonna check your temperature and your master to be on. It wasn't like, hey, do you feel like it? Right. What are your uh, was that the same? Tell me again about your, your, your personal rights, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like yeah, no. well, it's a different. No, country. it's funny in but, the in the small town in all of the mom and pop, not as much. Kind of depends, right? In any of the, of the stores in a small town, my dad's a, it's a small town, but yeah. anything that was more of a store, brand like, name, like a brand, brand name, name store, store same oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah, they had the temperature and they were like put some sanitizer way, it, and then yeah. put your mask on, and it was. And it wasn't like and in there's a bad also a vibe it was like, though uh, I can imagine in developing parts of the world where like this is the way that like the the bigger countries do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Maybe, there's like a little but, bit of that. But you don't do that here. Like you don't yeah. check your temperature here before you walk in. It's True. not. It's not a bad thing. And it was just kind of hilarious. I was going in there. But it was like, it's just kind of funny. You know, like people are just like. Dude, look at what's happening in this. China. It's like mandatory vaccination, and they have one case. They shut the whole place down. I was just reading an article about or, that. They're or like, in India, where they haven't even opened up travel again. You're not even allowed to travel into China. Period. Was it, was it India where where when they had a lockdown? If you saw the street, you you get like whooped like with a little stick. <laughs> it's like, wait, I have rights. Shut off. Yeah. Get back to your house. Yeah, let me tell you about your rights. Uh, so look, I I do agree with that. I think there's going to be a case where cities are just going to operate differently. Right. And the same thing as you have in some of the, you know, like Japan, other like really highly populated, you mm-hmm. know, Asian countries where wearing a mask is just a lot more common. You know, I, I do think there'll be some of that. But I don't know, man. And maybe I'm being as much as I can be very pessimistic. Maybe I'm maybe coming back a little bit more optimistic point of view of saying, no, I like that. With I, so but, many people getting it and some people being like, huh, well, but I think you're making okay. a point about the decrease in intensity of the urgency of the of the virus, which I agree with you. But I still think that the contrast yeah, between yeah. urban yeah, and I rural agree with that. Yeah. will probably be there. It'll just be different. Yeah, and you, even over there, you kind of you saw it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because on the street, 
No, I mean, very few people wore a mask over there, right? Uh, in, in the small town. Now, in Mexico City, you were seeing even on a the street. More. A lot more. A lot more. But there, they were militant about it. any restaurant, any anywhere you walk in, everyone had you uh, uh, use hand sanitizer, check your temperature, you have to wear your mask. We may talk about this in one of my upcoming predictions here, but hold in the back of your mind the contribution that mask wearing may have, this is a query, mm-hmm. to increase crime in the U.S., so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that up in in a little bit, but go to, go to your number two. So my number two is this is not a new trend, but I do think it's a, it's going to continue to accelerate the acceleration of the anti mainstream media. Okay. So and I, and I put it in a bunch of different po- uh, categories: independent media. Uh, I think podcasts will continue to be will continue to increase, and independent voices and in podcasts will be a big driver there. The question, the funny thing about that one, an interesting thing about that one will be is like. Do you get to a point where people will want to start regulating what gets said? Because there is a lot of, you know, if, you, if one of the concerns people have is like, well, what about false information and, and whatever, like being spread? And podcast becomes a place that we have. You and I can say whatever we want to say right here. And for the most part, no one's really going to regulate that, at least right now. But you can see how that could become the case. I We've saw seen it in a case like Joe Rogan where that's, that's the case. I, you mentioned him, and I literally was about to say his name. I saw a tweet yesterday or this morning um, that was citing a statistic. It was like one of those e-marketer things. Um, it was a unique reach per episode. And it was Rogan, his u- number of humans per episode average 11 million in the U.S. The next person down, Tucker Carlson, 3 million. Wow. Below him, uh, Rachel Maddow, 2.4 or something like that. That's crazy. 11, 3. And 3 and is, three is a lot. 3 is huge. 3 is huge. 3 is huge. That's crazy, right? And I think as part of that, I, I think you're going to have a rise uh, of partisan media, right? So it's, it's funny because I, it, I had it initially written as Truth Social will be Trump Social as my yeah. my prediction. But there's other stuff now too. There's Getter. But there's, there's more things. Yeah. yeah. So, so while I do strongly believe that's, that that will be the case, I think it's more about this continued push of the anti-mainstream media. And you're just gonna have a lot, think a lot, continued rise of more independent voices, right? Which is a good thing, but could also be, I mean, now it's gonna be the new problem, especially for these voices that are not entirely dependent on social media platforms, right? Mm. I think the the battle for trying to control or not uh, free speech and or manage for false, you know, uh, uh, information or false news is gonna shift. Let me ask you from a, being a all, uh, all on social, yeah. to not be like, what about all these other mediums like podcasts? Strategy question for you: Rogan's mm-hmm. got a five year deal, right? Mm-hmm. Five year, hundred million bucks. Yep. If you're him, are you using this five year to build your own moat, your own site, podcast thing where no one can throttle you, no one can say anything, and leverage the eleven million uniques and the hundreds of millions of downloads you get every every show? Or are you just looking for the next you're trying to build on Spotify so Spotify will give you two hundred million next time? Or a little bit of both. He is such in a unique situation. He is, he is a um, in like an industry maker at this point, right? Meaning that he doesn't have to think about it. If he, if today Spotify, what, if Joe Rogan yeah. does something where he's just fucking crazy, and Spotify is forced to, right? Eck is what's the, I forget that guy's yeah, name. John Eck. John no, 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 not no, John Eck. Eck. We, we, we we're with him. Uh, uh, what's his name? Something. Yeah, I think something it is Eck, right? Eck. Something like that. He's... Um, anyways, if he decides that he just has to, like Joe Rogan does something terrible, and he has to let him go, mm-hmm. or or cut Daniel the Eck. I was close. No, Daniel Eck. Daniel Eck. Um, Joe Rogan can launch his own platform. He could tomorrow. And, and people would and, go to it. People, people would go listen to it. to it. He's got critical mass. And people will go to it. Uh, people are not are not finding him because he's on Spotify, right? They're finding right. in spite of him being on Spotify. In fact, I've seen stats that show that his actual global influence has decreased. In right. Spotify. So and and even so, I think there is an opportunity. He has that kind of opportunity now, whether he wants to do it or not. Right. I mean, that's a different thing. And, and part of it for him would be like, do I want to be in the technology uh, industry, or do I want to be just a, a, a basically be able to talk shit and be in the content side? Mm-hmm. I think he enjoys the content more, uh, and he likes independence and not having to like worry about all other stuff that he doesn't mm-hmm. have to worry about. So for that reason, and I think also likes having a really, really small team. So he would need to just operate very differently, but he could do it. So I, I think he's at a point where he's beyond any of the platforms. I want one last question on this one for, for me is um, the different. I've asked you a variation of this before, but the difference between mainstream and corporate media. And here's what I mean. Uh-huh. I heard somebody recently say in a conversation about how, you know, social platforms can do all this evil and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They were like. Bad business models make bad companies, okay? Mm-hmm. So in that kind of world where it's about the business model, when you say 
uh, mainstream media alternatives or whatever it is. Is it a rebellion against a business model or is it um, something else? You see what I'm saying? In other words, yeah. what, um, in other words I, what is more accurate to say? Is, yeah. is, is Rogan uh, anti-mainstream or anti-corporate? Right? right? Young Turks, we'll use another example. Or um, uh, what's the other one uh, that comes up all the time? Or any of, any of the Rogan light right, you know, right, people right. or whatever. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or even Shapiro's thing, Daily, uh, Daily Wire. I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting question because it's probably better framed to say anti-corporate than anti-mainstream. Because at this point, it's really hard to argue how Joe Rogan isn't mainstream. If mainstream means like massive distribution higher than anyone else. I think when we say mainstream and when most people say mainstream, what they tend to refer to is more corporate media. Yeah, like professional traditional people, like, corporate yeah. media. Now, the only thing I, I question a little bit about the business model is that when I think about the business model, part of my question is like, well, how different is the business model that Joe Rogan has versus what the business model that the New York Times has? Right? You can say, well, they're both ad-driven for the most part. That seems pretty similar. Uh, you know, New York Times has now done a lot more in terms of subscription. That's actually sure. being a bigger driver. Joe Rogan doesn't because he's with Spotify. But if he wasn't with Spotify, he would be doing that. Mm-hmm. We think about Breaking Points, which is more like the light version. They're, they're probably a better example of the light version of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Well, they're doing advertising and they're doing subscription. And the subscription is like just the additional stuff like behind the scenes and premium. Yeah, for their super fans. They get content yeah. earlier. They get some they get premium content earlier. They get access to some different things. And you can do that with Rogan too, Fight Companions you, you could, and all that You could do that, but, but, but because he's with Spotify, you're not, you don't he's, have to. he's not having to do that. Yeah. I'm simply saying, you know, breaking points, they left the hill yeah. as a way to say, like, we don't want to be part of mainstream Although media. I don't know if subscription models would be on brand for Rogan. I don't know. Like, I, Yeah, I, maybe not. Yeah. But put, put Rogan aside. I'm simply yeah. saying that independent voices, et cetera, breaking points is a great example okay. of what I mean by this anti-mainstream media. But their business model is, in my mind, very similar to what mainstream media model is. Now, because they don't have to worry about some of the, the broader infrastructure, et cetera, they have a lot more freedom to choose. But that's more of a function of size, I think, and more of a function of the people involved, right? Because mm-hmm. when you get too big, that is just you're having much more worry about corporate interest beyond necessarily being as honest as they need to be. So I, I don't know if anyone has really cracked a different model altogether. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. I do. Unless those that are directly only direct to consumer and not have to worry about advertising at all. And there's and a then, lot of And that. there's a number of those. You know, but the, the most sub stacks and all those other things. But the most successful things. ones tend to still have advertising as part of it. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not. In terms of the to, to the, the very big ones, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still have advertising is still part of it. The smaller ones, I think, more of a function of size. Yeah. It's just easier for them to try to monetize just what they're, what they're, what they're fan base. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, don't disagree with that one either. Okay, my number two. Ready? Totally change of uh, change of pace here. The 2024 presidential ticket changes, and I know that a lot of people are prognosticating mm-hmm. this. I think my theory, and this is you know in some in some way shaped by a political piece that I read, mm-hmm. although I added some stuff to it. <laughs> um, I think Biden announces he's running again, but he dumps Harris, take, mm. takes her off the ticket. That I, would be extremely controversial. Ideally, with a Supreme Court vacancy at the same time, right? So, like, puts her on the Supreme Court or something, just gets rid of her in a very elegant way, right? Oh, gets I rid see. Of her. Okay. okay. Replaces her with somebody, and there's some, there's some contentions. Right. My total dark horse one is Clinton, Hillary Clinton. Oh, and then no. he says, then he says, actually, I'm not running. And how does he run? No, that's no. And rematch. No, I disagree. I disagree. Clinton is just so unlikable, man. She just yeah, but I mean she lost to Trump already, dude, and, and like she's so unlikable. Yeah, but as a but as a VP choice, and then like you know that is your and then, ticket, like, the, like, the swap the out. swap out. I mean that is very interesting. I, think I don't think he's running for real. I don't think. I, I think, think he might say he yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. But what, what's your thought if he uh, if he doesn't run? Okay, besides Clinton, who else do you think will be someone that that he would Buttigieg? Or, yeah, yeah, okay, Buttigieg. What's the other? Uh, well, McAuliffe would have been a good one, but he got blown out uh, mm-hmm. in his governor race because mm-hmm. he was a kind of a you know he was rising star a little right, bit, kind right, of screwed right. it up with the teachers' uh, commentary. So he might be one. Um, oh, the the one, uh, um, Georgia. What's her name? Um, oh yeah, I'm blanking on her right now. Yeah, yeah, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Yeah, yeah. I could, think she, she would be could, a big one. She could. She would be definitely the you know female of color choice. There's no question. I think um, if that was the choice, but I actually think that he might just go like, I need like somebody who's got a ton of experience doing this and or, right, right, or has that kind of profile. I think. I don't know. I just think that you know right now you've got 
the inflation issues, right? Uh, the border, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, COVID. You have crime. so many. Yeah, this is actually very light it's to one super, that I have. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll I'll just add yeah. to your yeah, to your ahead. list. On that one, because I think I had a lot of things that were, I had like three things that were <laughs> on the same sort of grouping. One is I, I really believe Democrats are getting blown out in the midterms. I had that in my honorable mentions. I actually they're think they getting, lose both houses, and I actually think that it's like 1994. It's, it's not like even, 94. It it's wouldn't like, even be close. It's like New Gingrich, like back in that day. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Because there's so many factors going against them, right? You have a pandemic that has just gone too long. Even the people that are into it. <laughs> I mean, right. like the most people that are most like. Okay, but but time out. Strategy question for you then. Uh-huh. You came in saying we're going to beat this. Yeah. No, no, we're going to we're going to like put it down. It's not going to exist. At this moment, do you go? We're wrong. Here's what we believe. Or do you go? No, we still can. Here's what I'm doing. Or like you see, what I'm saying because yeah, yeah. a lot of it. I, I a would lot say of it about more the, in the, the yeah. Look, there's there's been so many mistakes made by this administration, and not just administration, but the combination administration and a lot of the health professionals, right? Just in the last couple of weeks, how many changes did the CDC has made in terms of how many days you have oh, yeah. to... Five days, 10 days, 12 five days. days. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and now with the test, maybe not with the test. It's like, it's like fucking amateur hour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even if you want to... And I want to... I really do want to root for them. Like, I'm not one of those that yeah, is course. like anti well, of them. No, no, no. No, but you know, that's why people yeah. that are. Let's say people that are like very anti. Of course, the right thing to do is I'm, not to be. I'm rooting yeah. for these dudes. I'm like, dude, yeah. come on, guys. Like, you're just... <laughs> But isn't part of it just the fact that they always feel that they have to be saying something? Isn't it a Fauci problem in a similar way? Like, just yeah, maybe. Down. Maybe, yeah, just, maybe you should only talk twice a year. Yeah, maybe. Part of it is like, hey, here is – I mean, going back to the messaging, a strategy message, from my, from my opinion, would be is to say, rather, we're going to beat this. I'm saying, Look, listen, guys, here's what we think is the best course of action for us to be able to move forward in a way that – impacts our society the, the least amount possible that we're going to be able to because the reality we're going to have to live with this disease in one form or another it's just going to be part of what we do now we think that if we do the next five things that it will be much better that we won't have to be worried about this constant you know concern about whether or not we, we need to you know close down shut down because frankly if we get through this wave Without having to do major closings, I know it's already happened in some schools. You had Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you had a lot of uh, stuff union, now going remote, too. Conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of things that has happened, right? Yeah. But but the, but but you, as the government, you come out and say, hey, guys, we we strongly believe at this point that you don't have to do that anymore. Because even with this really rise, you know, high rise of cases, when we look at actual death rates, when we look at the, how much we've progress we've made, and therapeutics, how much progress we made in making sure that people are that do get sick, that we're so much better, and with continued pressure overall for us to continue to get vaccinated, even if, if it's part of all what you know the new norm for American life, we can get through this. And yes, let's be careful. Maybe you still wear masks in bigger cities, population, whatever. But it's more about preparing people that this is part of the way that we're going to live. Because I, I think any kind of prediction of this is going to be gone, it's like at this point, it's like you're lying. You okay. know you're lying. That's my whole question. And everyone so knows then do you're lying. You, th- and then you, just, do you have to go back and say, I was wrong when I said that? I or think do you, you do just... that. I, I think right. you just own up to it. You say, hey, this is – because at this point, trying to spin it is part of the problem. Mm. You know, I think you just come in and say, hey, this is now that we have – now that we're two years from when this thing first broke, here's what we've learned. Right. We've learned that this is not a, one of the diseases that, that, you know, at least for the time being, will be part of, of everyday life. We've also learned that, hey, we actually have pretty successful therapeutics of how to be able to do this. We've also learned that with the right level of vaccine, people can be pretty protected. Even with massive surge, we've seen a surge that is now twice whatever the number is, but yet, you know, fatality goes down. Like, we're so much better off than we were March or whatever it was when we first, like, and really first broke. And we're still, though, I agree with what you said, therapeutics and a lot more you know, vaccination, et cetera, et cetera. But we're still not having the most important conversation about this, which is people's health in general. Yeah. I Just this weekend, um, one of the families that we work with um, for our nonprofit, the woman's mother-in-law died Okay, in the hospital. So check this out. Here's the story. Smoker for 40 years. Obese. And I'm talking morbid obesity. I'm talking like a 350, 400-pound mm-hmm. woman. Okay, um, Has been on oxygen 24 hours a day pre-COVID. Wow. You get you get the picture of what I'm kind of drawing? Okay. Goes into the hospital for some related issue, catches COVID in the hospital, dies two days later. Mm-hmm. 
And that's going to, somebody's going to put that down as a COVID thing, which is completely a one fiftieth of the story. Right. The issue with this person is that they had a radically unhealthy life, yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And to, to hear Biden come out there and go, look, if you're obese, you're in trouble. Start, you know, eat well, work out. This is stuff that costs less to do than the other than the way you're living. It's not about yeah. money, right? All of that stuff. Like I, I swear, I still just don't hear that. The only person I hear talking about it is Rogan. I don't even yeah, listen to him but, anymore. But that's not even. I, I don't. That's a societal thing, man. That's not even a. Uh, you know, I we could put things, it, we, we could put things in the, in the political spectrum. But I think that that what you're talking about is an issue that we have. That's a true society. story. What I told you. No, no, true I, story. I, yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, but I think that's a societal issue that we have. Okay, we're so not comfortable with doing the uncomfortable as a society of having to, you know, be, be having that self accountability of, of actually having to take care of yourself. Like everyone's looking for that quick fix, that pill that could make you whatever that was already look, our dependence in, in using um, medicine as a way to solve for all of our problems was not a COVID situation. Right. <laughs> That's been happening for yeah. years, right? This, rise in obesity and, and how much people have, you know, just don't take care of themselves as much that has been going on forever, right? And all these things is because I think in part people are just uncomfortable with having to make the self-commitment of having to do the hard work sometimes yeah. to do, to do some, some, some of these things, right? Mm. And it's, I, you can have, I think, politicians take it on, but I, but I do think that's a broader societal issue that frankly, it needs to start at home with the parents, with Agreed. how they deal with their kids. Agreed, 100%. With, with giving that kind of accountability to their children. Look, I remember being in Texas, Charlie, when I was living there. Uh, at this point, maybe it was like 10 years ago, right? And I remember being at a friend's house. And this friend of ours, they had their, you know, kind of like a freezer in their garage where they just had it. It was always filled with ice cream and pops, whatever it was, right? And kids all had full access to it at any point, right? So we'd be sitting there talking. And all of a sudden, the kids running in the garage, come back up. Get ice cream. And they're eating something. And this is, I think, before even uh, – yeah, it has to be before Tassana was born, before my daughter was born. And I remember seeing that and talking to my ex-wife saying, hey, like, I hate to say this, but those kids are going to be super unhealthy when they grow up. Like, there's just no way. And, and you know, you don't have to be rocket science to figure that out. And you see those kids, and yeah, they all got super, like, super big, all of them. But that's just an accountability thing. They literally just just putting a little bit of guardrails around children in terms of what they're eating. Even even if you don't have them working out of time, or even if they are, the reality, even if they are working out of time, when you're eating that way, the second anything happens, that's why you have people that are in great, sometimes in decent shape in in high school, and the second that you lose a little bit of exercise that you normally do just as part of your day to day, then people blow up. If you compare, generally speaking, the mortality rate of someone like the person I just described earlier who died sadly in the hospital. Um, with someone who is living a healthy lifestyle in all other respects. I'm not talking about there's not exceptions. There are. But if you compare those two things, you could almost say that a healthy lifestyle is like a miracle cure for this in a way. Yeah. Because, well, it has so many other impacts, right, beyond just the COVID stuff and health in general. And that's a tough one, man. I I do. I'm with you on that. I I, I hope that we do more of that. But that one, I put it, I think if, if parents take that accountability and do more with it, that could go a much longer way even than whatever our politicians say about it. What's your thought on my presidential ticket change? Do you agree, I, I disagree? Think, I think that's an interesting one. I don't I don't agree with who. Okay. Right? Um in swatching in swapping out uh Harris for Clinton. Uh now Stacey Abrams, that's super interesting. All of a sudden that's super, super interesting. And I do think there is a legitimate shot of, of Biden not running again. Um, once again, my, my prediction for it, my, not prediction, I think it's not even a prediction, but I, I think the only way, once again, I've, I've shared this with you, that Biden wins is if, if Trump runs. I would say the only, not the only way, the only way that he has a real shot or a legitimate shot, let me put it that, legitimate shot of winning or getting reelected is only if Trump runs. And I still think that even if Trump run, the margin of victory would be even slimmer. Oh, for sure. For Biden. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree yeah. with you. But yeah, but yeah. say if he has a shot, the only shot <laughs> is that is if Trump wants, runs. Man, that's a no wins. But the reality is with Trump, I mean, right now we're looking. I mean, that was my prediction that the Republican Party is very much Trump's party. Yeah. The reality is like, do you think he announces this year that he is running formally in twenty twenty two? I think he cannot help himself. Yeah. I think he's going to run again. Yeah, that's I, I think that I think the launch of True Social is definitely is part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything we're saying, look, we're sitting here in the anniversary of January 6th, 
right? Um, so we have two big things that we celebrate today. That's right. <laughs> One is, uh, you know, Tres Reyes. Uh, Tres Reyes, right? The, the Epiphany. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the second is that we have this anniversary, right? My, my actual prediction was for me was that January 6th is the new norm. Mm. I, I think that's super I, I pessimistic. Peaceful transition of power may be a thing of the past. Is my is my point of view? Wow. Okay. Uh, Even for a lesser election, like like twenty. No, no, no. Presidential, 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 presidential. presidential okay. Right. They yeah. were really, really big ones. I think peaceful, fully peaceful transitions yeah. where the losing party would just you graciously know, bow, gracious bow. Because you think about our history, uh, not in the way past, but like recent history, right? Even Al Gorman, like. He had a legitimate argument that he had won that mm-hmm. that election, right? There was a lot enough funny stuff that, we, and even him, you know, it took him whatever it was like a week and a half or two weeks, but also bowed out. Yeah, and they put a ton of pressure on that dude. For the screws sh- were turning for, for to sure, get him but to like, concede. but that I think if that election happens right now, there's no way that he concedes. Yep, and I, and I think that's that's part of what I what I feel is is pessimistically speaking that that just. That we could just assume there could be a peaceful transition, I think is no longer the case. You're number two. Well, that that is well, I already gave you my, my two. Oh, that is your Media, number two. That was my number three. Wait, what was your number three? I missed it. First Me- was the continued rise of digital economy, especially mm-hmm. NFTs. Number two, the acceleration of the anti media mainstream. We talked about this. Yeah. Oh god. And so the third one is the you January. You tacked 6th. on to mine your prognostication. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if it was a brand new. Okay, yeah. so here's my third one then. Uh-huh. My last one is Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. Oh yeah, I agree with that. And do you agree with my my second point of that? If that happens, what happens? What was what, what is? I forgot. We, we talked about this in one of the episodes, but I think that there is. If that happens, I think that you're going to have a legitimate push to try oh, to expand yeah, 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 the yeah. Supreme Court. Yes, yes. Well, you're having that now. And I'm not saying it. this is the right thing. I'm not even. I'm not no, advocating no. that we should do that. I'm simply I, saying like two thousand percent. That's like because step I'm, one, step two. But because we've already seen it even before the thing gets right. decided. And the thing that I don't know about this case that drives a lot of this, which is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, is when it gets decided. I think. On, I, th- I think they, they don't they don't they typically give these out in the summer, Charlie. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. It just says TBD on the Supreme Court site. I, I, They've had the arguments because they usually do the arguments, and then like it, it, it takes them almost like a year. There's to, deliberation to, to do the um, to like give the opinions and everything on, on what they what they're gonna do. We have to, we have to check that, but I I, I think yeah. it's around the summer when they when they start because they all happen in a really short period of time. Yeah, there was, like, the all start coming out. I want to say it was the summer. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that is. Could That's why wrong. we heard about stuff in November. Yeah, they all kind of came out like yeah. one after another. Maybe it starts in the summer. It goes into fall, but I, I forget now what it is. But but yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. One point of, um, I guess, clarification just on what's actually, you know, at stake here, because we've talked about it before. But I actually did a little bit of research, mm-hmm. and then I, I'd love to mention a couple of my honorable mentions. But one quick thing is the idea of what Roe versus Wade actually does, and we oftentimes forget that Roe versus Wade had a counterpart case called Doe versus Bolton. And they were both at the same time kind of decided or very, very near each other. What was the, yeah, I don't think I'm familiar. Doe versus Bolton was the one that based, so Roe versus Wade Mm -hmm. said that throughout pregnancy, the state has uh, a variety of rights with respect to the pregnancy itself Mm -hmm. relative to the mother, right? In the first trimester, which is where this whole idea that Roe versus Wade is only about the first trimester, in the first trimester, like the entirety of the of the requirement is on the woman. Like the woman has all her rights to privacy dominate everything. There is no state case. Right. Then at the three month to six month, the state has more, and at the nine month to twelve month, the state has even more. Right. right. That's kind of the idea. So that's what it says. Mm-hmm. Doe versus Bolton is the um, oh, and by the way, even in the case the, the, going back to Roe versus Wade, even in the case where the state does have an interest. The state can never have an interest in a case where there isn't an exception clause for the health of the mother. That's right, basically right, right. what yeah, Roe yeah. does. Yeah. Doe versus Bolton defines what the health of the mother means, which is why in practice you say that the position of our country's position on, on pro-life or pro-choice is that you can have an abortion from day one to day, you know, from nine, nine months because – 
Oh, Rover- that's why you always say because I always like that's not right compared to what I right. think I read about it. But that's, I understand why you're Ro- saying that. Roe versus Wade says first trimester you have a certain amount, third, second trimester, right. third trimester. You're saying because there's then, always at least some type of exception you can correct. Make and based the way that the- Doe versus Bolton defines health is basically any parameter that the that the mother or the doctor define as health, physical, psychological, mental, whatever, like anything. Oh, I see. So that's where it kind of it, it creates that. Open that that's, but anyway, okay. yeah, I was always wondering why you would say that. Um, and that's it, the- it didn't seem. To ration versus at least what I had what I had read about it. Well, there you go. That's my clarification on this. Okay, so okay. My, my honorable mentions. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you already you stole my thunder on the Dems lose the Congress. No, for sure. But here's another one related to that: uh, Senator Manchin and either Senator Manchin or Cinema become Republicans. That's that's one a little tack on to that. Um, and uh, okay, here's my another another one honorable mention. I can see that. By the uh, way. Major movement in. Uh, the decriminalization of psychedelics federally. This oh, is already, yeah, that's a good one. This already happened in a couple of states. And, I could and totally DC. see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my last two, Argentina wins the World Cup 2022. I think it's going to leave Europe. It's going to be a South American have, team Vanessa, that wins. I'll be very happy to hear you say that. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, Apple will hit at least flirt with or hit the $4 trillion mark. It hit the $3 trillion mm-hmm. cap th- before the end of this year, or last year, rather. Right. It actually hit $3 trillion in, in market cap yeah it's yeah, now dropped that. down a little bit lower than that but based on uh you know new products like their ar headset and also the whole tesla competitor mm-hmm. that bubbles them up they at least touch even if they don't stay there they touch four trillion that's very interesting in oh, you did, yeah you had a lot more than i did um, those are my honorable the, mentions the, what are your thoughts on the psychedelic psychedelics thing um, I think, you know, best case, it's uh, another interesting um, treatment option under supremely tight and well, you know, reasoned uh, therapeutic conditions with somebody who actually knows what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's best case. Worst case, it just adds to this idea that you can take a pill to make everything go away. That's what I think. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking about, oh, are you depressed? You're anxious? We're like, hey, man, now it's like we've got all these things and you can trip out for a little bit. And I'm not saying it wouldn't help you even long term. It might. It might actually help you long term. Sure. But it drives this idea that it's something I can take to stop dealing with this. And so I just think that that drives that forward. That's interesting. I hadn't hadn't thought about it from that perspective, although that makes a lot of sense. You know, my position when it comes to these things like psychedelics, it definitely has changed a lot, I think, since I was a kid to Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I'm way more. I guess it would be liberal on the stance that I think the more these things can be regulated, then the less crime and the less people will get hurt overall, right? From the people taking it to the people trying to sell it to all these, these economies that get built around it. Um, and that's with me without necessarily advocating one way or another whether people should be doing one thing or another. But I, But I think that when you take away that illegal fact from it, also all these other things that are attached to it, all the other side businesses that many people get hurt by, the many governments that drive corruption, that drive death, that drive, yeah, you know, think of all the people that have recently died that are with with uh, things that have been like laced with fentanyl and things. It seems like like all these other crap that happens. Um, can be solved for. So it's almost like to me the way less of two evils potentially. Um, without even fully understanding, there's that there may be actually some real like benefits to some of these things, especially when it comes to psychedelics and mushrooms and and that's something that frankly we look at you know indigenous people and some of the stuff that they've done. I mean, the reality is some of these folks were doing this stuff way before. They're still doing it. And they're still doing it, right? Like so, it's like even when we think from that perspective, that's kind of why I have a, I think a pretty liberal point of view uh, as it relates to to uh, you know think about psychedelics. Yeah, I understand that. I think the intention matters and you know we can't know everyone's intention at the same time but I think somebody young who is dealing with anxiety or depression or feels marginalized or doesn't feel heard or doesn't feel valued and I think that seeing this on social media which I've seen a number of ads already it's like hey this is you know some great you know thing we could just trip out for a little bit mm-hmm. that's the reason why illicit drugs are u- generally used to begin with which is like hey I, I don't feel like myself and I don't want to feel this way so I'm going to just trip out you know I'm right, gonna drink right. I'm going to do drugs I'm going to do whatever and so I know that this is now guided or maybe more you know has some regulations on it but the motivation still remains right. you know dangerously close in some of those cases and I would just hope that we would you know, get better about actually reaching out and 
and walking with people and talking to them and yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that helps more long term. But anyway, that's yeah, me. that's that's fair. Cool. Well, that's our first one for 2022, Jesus. We've got uh, a lot more to go. 52 more of these to go before 2023. Got some fun shows coming up. In fact, we've got uh, Bobby Spears Jr., writer, producer, actor. Got a new book coming out. He's going to be on the show coming up soon. Got some other folks that will be fun. So it's going to be a good be a year. fun. We're excited about it. We're thankful to be able to continue to uh, put this out. And thank you for those of you that have been uh, listening and has always given us feedback. And we appreciate it. All right, everybody, have a happy new year. Make it a kick-ass 2022. We'll see you again next time on TDR. Bye. this episode of the diversity remix please remember first of all to subscribe and help us to spread the word tell your friends family co-workers and give us a five-star review we're available on apple and google podcasts spotify and everywhere else you get your listening fix and lastly please remember to stop by blackbrown.us the creator of this podcast and take a look at our work and our approach at the intersection of diversity and business The Diversity Remix is produced by Leo Gomez. The Diversity Remix is a production of Black Brown.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.